0: Hello, hello fellow listeners, this is your host Christopher with the Soldier and the Shepherd podcast. Um, just want to welcome you and say good morning to you, uh, depending on where you are. Uh, this morning I am sitting down with some friends of mine at a coffee shop in Spokane Valley, Washington called Rocket Bakery, and we're going to be talking about what it means to be a disciple, and I think that's important for us as men. Um, because you know understanding what it means what it means to, to pick up your cross what it means to follow after jesus uh there might be some noise in the background um just so you guys know but by uh, the while the messages hopefully will be will be picked up in on my phone so thank you again for joining hopefully you enjoy the episode god bless and i'll talk to you later thanks for coming. I got uh, some notes here that I'm going to kind of dive into. But um, first I want to ask you guys, Brendan, what does it mean to to you? Because I asked you, what does it mean to be a disciple? In your opinion.
1: I think to spread God's word, expand his kingdom, you know, plant seeds. You know, for me, it's been kind of taking that leap of faith when you're not really sure... What to say or what to do But like You know Going out there and Asking people if they know If they know if they're going to heaven or not And it's, For me it's really surprising How many people come up with some crazy stuff Like You know if you're Like what do you got to do to get to heaven or, or You know if you're going to heaven and I think going out there To me and making sure that You know And they know Their salvation You know
0: sure. awesome. And
1: and having them go and spread that that word farther, and, you know, help somebody else out that might not know.
0: Absolutely. How about you, Lucas. What does it mean to you, Mark? To be a disciple. Uh,
1: I think,
2: to me, is kind of like furthering what started on the cross. You know, your daily dying to yourself, and you're a worshiper of the Lord. You're a servant of the Lord. You're you're following and witnessing for Him. It's a complete, I mean, kind of like the verses you gave me too. It's kind of a, a complete abandonment of self. You know, yeah. Complete abandonment of self to, to follow, <clears throat> follow him. And, That's a good word. Yeah, it's kind of a just let your fruits show it as well. So I think yeah. being a disciple is a complete overturning of your own will.
0: Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Phil? I see you doing, man. How about well, you? I'm
2: what here you to learn. So, uh <laughs>
3: I would say, off the bat, like I would say, to bring people closer to God. And, okay. Um, like the kid I got working for me, <clears throat> he doesn't pray, doesn't go to church or anything, and he was using the Lord's name in vain in my shop. And I told him like, you can't really offend me, but that's the one thing that does. So I asked that you don't do that, and I asked him to start praying because he doesn't, and I I don't know if he has. but just,
0: yeah, trying to bring other people close to God and be to know Him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing. Uh, some verses I sent out to you guys, most of you guys, um, one of them was uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 28. Let uh, me go there real fast. I'm going to fast. So Matthew 16, I'm using NASB here. So, it's not, as, uh, I mean, it's not the New King James Version, but, uh, 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 16 24 to 28 says uh, that jesus said to his disciples if anyone wishes to come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what will it profit a man who gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul for well, the Son of Man is coming in the glory of the Father with His angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Um, like Lewis is saying, like, basically, it's <clears throat> it's denying yourself every single day. What does it mean to be a disciple? It's crucifying your flesh, it's laying down your desires, it's understanding that your life is not yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up, you walk out the door. Like John wants to said on uh, something I just read recently. Uh, and the, the story of the of the good Samaritan, of the Samaritan and the priest and the Levite was, um, when the priest and Levite came upon the person, it was out of um, out of happenstance or luck. And what John Wesley said was, or coincidence. What John Wesley said was, there's no such thing. as coincidence in, 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 in our lives. And it's luck it's coincidence or whatever, everything that happens to you, people you run into at the mall, grocery shopping, whatever. Right, it's every interaction you have you have an opportunity to help that person, pray for that person whether it's, at ch- I mean, especially at church I mean, how many guys at church that we that we know of when they walk in the door, if we talked about this in 33 was you walk in the door, hey how's it going and their answer is, oh dude things are fine, things are fantastic, God bless you and they just got done having a, a fight with their with their wife or whatever and it's just, you know just being willing to, to use, be used by God in that situation. So, um, when you read that, man, what is, what is that word? Is that scripture? When he says to die yourself, what does that mean to you? I mean,
1: I guess to take your worldly wants and desires and put them aside and do his will, you know? What would you give him? Well, I can
4: tell you what it's been for me. It's been alcohol, smoking, video games, movies, music. You know, it's everything that uh, I've ever had an excuse that, well, you know, God made this stuff. You know, he made good stuff for us, too. He made made things for us to enjoy. Um, denying that, I mean, look in front of me. Food's probably the last thing <laughs> that I know of right now. It's always refining me, but... Um, He's working on finances, material possessions. I mean Yeah. A lot of there's a lot of lot of things to deny. Yeah. Pride, humble yourself, make yourself lowly, just like Paul says. I mean it's a a long, grueling process and what I always ran into was selfishness of you know, I want some me time. I want some time to unwind and relax and tell that to your wife and Whatever automatic, yeah. So it's the more spiritual disciplines we have that are in order and the better habits that we have. I can't get enough of him now, you know. And it's every time when something good happens, immediately going to him and saying thank you. Before that was out the window when I needed him, I'd go to him. So, yeah, denying's a lot. A lot more than I ever thought it would be. A
0: lot more. How about you, one. What does it mean to deny yourself, man?
5: Well, just put your perspective on on God and what He wants. I mean, get your focus. That's what it is. Yeah. What, what you focus on.
0: Yeah.
5: Not necessarily denying yourself. It's, if your center focus is on God, automatically you're forgetting about yourself. Yourself is smaller, and smaller, and smaller. That's what denying yourself is. Yeah. Now, a disciple, just a disciple—that's somebody that has taken the the extra step to decide that they are going to learn every character that, is, that God has. That they're, they're actually going to study Him versus being just a, a uh,
3: child of God. So you, you,
5: when you first accept God, you're a child of God. Yeah. Then you take the step to be, be a disciple. Yeah. You, you
0: take the extra step and now you're going to take action and learn what God called what God's character called, okay. and then try to apply those to your life. Awesome. Good work. Thank you very much. Thanks for Thank you. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, as I stated this verse, one thing that um, I got was also was you know, taking up your cross and like crucifying Crucifying your flesh every single day, like what that looks like, and, and laying down idols, laying down things that seem important to you at the time, whether it's food or video games or whatever, how important that is, and how distracting certain things can be in, in my life, the things that, all those things that want to pull your attention away or pull your things away from what you should be doing. Um, I would say that would to take that a step further, we have to
4: take that time to meditate and pray on those things and realize what actually is getting in the way of a relationship with him and our time with. I don't I never did that ever. So I always thought everything was good. like you're able to justify everything. but we also need to know the difference between meditation and prayer.
0: A few of the notes that I got from from that verse, from Matthew Henry and and, uh, John Wesley, one of the things was, um, if denial, self-denial, be a hard lesson, it is no more than what our master learned and practiced to redeem us and teach us. Um, Let us take up the cross. The cross is here, put for every trouble that befalls us. We are apt to think we can bear another's cross better than our own, but it's best which is appointed us, and we ought to make the best of it. Let us not by our rashness and folly pull across down upon our heads, but let us take them up when they are in our way. Um, And the biggest thing for me is, you know, on that verse was uh, the part where it talks about selling your soul for the, you know, getting the whole world but lose your soul. How often, you know, I put, I sell my soul for specific things, or get myself out for a a moment's pleasure. Like we talked about in the 33 group was, you know, uh, resolve myself for the burger when I get out of the steak. You know, which one am I choosing every single day? Which option am I choosing? Obviously God's over there going, hey, this this is beautiful, amazing steak over here made perfect. I'm going to choose something that's temporary, some temporary bliss that may feel good for a while, but it, it, it ends up, you know, leaving us poking or, or empty. <clears throat> um, another verse that um, kind of skipping around, but another verse that I got was uh, Matthew eight nineteen and twenty two, which um, is also found in in, uh, in Luke nine fifty seven to sixty two. But in um, both of those verses, there. And talks about it's the the story of the the man or the scribe as Matthew puts it, who uh, approaches Jesus and said, I wanna i wanna follow you wherever you go. And his, and Jesus' response is foxes have holes and birds have nests, uh, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Um, and then uh, when he asks another Uh, disciple he says uh, Lord permit me to bury my father first and Jesus' response is let the dead bury their own dead Uh, which I kind of find that was interesting but as for you go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God and another one said uh, that he first permitted me to say goodbye to those at home and then his response is no one putting his head to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And I relied that to, um, to First Kings, which is a story of Elisha and Elijah. How um, Elijah came to, up to Elisha and put his mantle of prophet on Elisha, signaling that he was to be his heir, basically, to follow after him. And Elijah's response to that was to go and kill the oxen that he was using, and basically burning the bridges of his relationship with his parents, like leaving everything behind, burning the bridge of his life, laying everything down. That was 12 teams 12. of oxen, though, back then. Yeah, You know, I mean, to think
4: of like what size of state he had to run 12 teams. How much money that was is a you know secular portion of his life that he gave up is something that we hear in church or that I do and kind of take it for granted. You know, it'd be like, am I willing to give up my entire my wood shop, you know, my 20 years of collecting exotic woods and building things and a business? Would I give that up and just trust in Him that You take care of me the rest of my days? I don't think we truly grasp that it is a live word, that it still applies to today. And how much are you, are you really taking into account that you would sacrifice for a closer relationship with him? Rather than just hearing the word, being doers of the word.
0: Love you, buddy. Have a good day.
5: Thanks. Have a good day, guys.
0: Um. I was looking at that, um, i trying to think here, so, as I read the, as I study that in the, on my, my commentary, um, one thing that Matthew Henry said on, on some of the stuff of Matthew uh, was, you know, he, some of the guys don't count the cost of what they're actually stepping themselves into when. When the scribe came up and said i'll follow you wherever you go um he didn't count the cost of what it meant to follow jesus um and i you know thinking about thinking on that i feel like sometimes we like like peter stepping out of the boat like he understood finally who jesus was but like peter as he started to sink with lose side of when, when the world comes up or we lose you know, we lose track of who who jesus is and start to sink in the world or start sing it in the deep end of the pool and jesus is there to help you but we don't count the cost um I don't know. lucas what what did you get man sorry i know from me that i mean did you get anything from that from yeah that when he says follow
2: me about the dead bury the dead i think you can look into that <laughs> saying you and where we were Wow.
4: First Kings, Luke, Matthew. Eight, everywhere, eight, everywhere. Matthew, pretty eight, much. 22. Matthew on the point Yeah, he's Bro- jumping around there. Everywhere, yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm trying. I'm everywhere and <laughs> <in> nowhere, man. <laughs> know, it's all good. It's a learning Bible class.
1: <laughs> sword drills. Right? Yes. Old yes. we'll school.
2: Uh, well, I mean, let the dead bury their own dead. I mean, that's I think what the Lord's telling them there is: don't let cultural, don't let family obligations, cultural obligations, because mm. when the dead, because back then the dead to bury the dead is a huge thing it wasn't like a big thing. deal you know it's a huge deal to bury your dead and that was a cultural significance of honor and final resting place and stuff like that and when the Lord's telling them that, that the dead bury their own dead he's pretty much saying don't let anything stand in the way yeah. you want to you're saying with your mouth that you want to do this but your intentions are to go back and follow the cultural expectations of what's expected of you yeah. instead of just dropping all and following him and if you like this verse, I mean, to me, it makes me uncomfortable. It should make you uncomfortable. Because you know what's at risk of what you don't want to give up. You know what I mean? It's like, I have implications like, okay, what if the Lord called me to be a missionary? somewhere? I came from a family of missionaries and never really been called to it. But I was like, what if the Lord just like put it so heavy on my heart? Like, you need to sell everything and you need to go. Like, would I be able to do that? You know, yeah. Everybody said, yeah, sure. No? Would I be able to do that? You know, like, yeah. Would I be able to give up? everything like you said you've worked for for 20 years and you have and all these things just to follow him. and i think at the core of it yes it'd be difficult it's not an easy decision it's not an easy decision to let the dead bury their own dead i mean and i think that's what's part of being a disciple is discipline denial yeah discipline denial yeah discipline yourself to deny that and you have to it's a it's a constant refinement. You know what I mean? Because
4: we're going through this life. We're going to have those hiccups when we say no. We're going, to do this, we're going to do this. Would you say it'd be fair to piggyback on that and say that uh, so many people say it never gets easier? I think that's completely false. I think it. the more you are obedient, it does get easier in the fact that you can say yes to Him. And have peace. And have yeah, a peace, peace, but in the flesh we still we We're still, still fight financial struggles yeah. and stress and emotions. But on a spiritual aspect of it, I've found that I mean I with everything going easier. on lately. I
5: don't think it gets easier. Like it
2: doesn't get easier. We become more resilient to it. You know, we become more Well, that's the flesh yeah, versus the spirit, exactly. right? Exactly. We become more um, surrender and tuned and you know, I yeah. think we become more disciplined in the fact that we can, we know. Instead of going through the struggles and trials and getting to the decision, we know the end result of that decision. We become come to it faster. And I think the Lord gives us better, mm. harder challenges to face with that. You know what I mean? So well, I yeah, we, I do. You know, I think we're, we're growing with it. That's a good word. And we become more efficient in dealing mm. with that. You know I'm saying? More efficiency is up because our self is out of the way. Exactly.
1: Yeah, well, I guess the word that always resonated with me was the word peace. You know, because you know where you are going when you die. You know, once you once you really accept the Lord, and you know that you know that you have eternity with Him. There's like peace in the middle of chaos. You know what I mean? And like, I've, it doesn't get easier, but I feel like you you have more spiritual peace in dealing with it. Than that like you know, and having faith in Him. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying no, to do. No, I understand. What what you're feel, saying. I think, but I think it's your perspective shifts. Like, yeah. Uh, your yeah.
2: perspective is different because you know
1: you know how the story is. So, yeah. Right? You know how the yeah. story is. So exactly. It's different. not a guessing game. You know yeah. you know but the I've, ending.
2: And that just means, I mean, it's hard to maintain that perspective. You know, when mm-hmm. you're, you're it's a real. faced with the life choices that we all face with, and mm-hmm. families and expectations at work and, you know, all that things and like that. So keeping that perspective is a different. You know,
0: so, what are some things that that going through life? What are some things that could help us make sure that we keep the perspective?
5: I think the easiest thing is when when you do when God does ask you to give up something, it's because it's standing between you and Him. And I think if you realize that that whatever you're He's asking you to give up, that you're going to be better off, and then, it, then it makes it a lot easier to give that
3: that up
0: huh? I I, 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 uh,
5: yeah. seems to work you know, for me Lord God is a good God he's not, not going to ask you to give up something that is going to hurt you or not glorify Yeah,
6: Yo, I, think, I think we all always talk about like broken pots and how we're a broken pot but everyone thinks that the pot is like rigid and the bad thing about that is, is that the pot is more shaped like a champagne glass where it's on this like little teeny tiny stiletto like Mm -hmm. stem, right? And you probably don't even have the base on there, right? But the thing is, is that because of the way that God works in our life, he allows us to go back through the pot and change its shape and change its ability to have stability. And that, I mean, we're always gonna be that broken pot. We're always gonna still have those cracks those traumas but if we don't go back and start dealing and healing on those it's not going to give us the ability to have that strong foundation to stand on so that we can be stable amen so yeah that's a
4: good word there's a lot of stuff too that we don't look at from our past lives growing up you know even guys i've met that myself thought we had such a wonderful life growing up and it was so crazy broken and empty because there was no jesus relationship Mm -hmm. we had love i mean it was worldly love you know as best they could do because they didn't know jesus but getting through starting off from square one and just slowly going through your life and looking back does this line up with scripture was this correct Was this proper love? Was this proper discipline? Was this a good, healthy way to handle it like my father would to me? God the Father. And uh, that's a great place to start. And that will reveal so many of our bad habits, our weak habits, our struggles, our barricades, our idols. And then we can slowly get into that, but we can't do it by ourselves either. And that's why it's so incredibly important not to let Satan isolate us so much, right? He's so good at that. He'll talk us into it. Uh, This one's a little private. (laughs) You know, he's bringing us through the ringer again about a, a move to Tennessee right now. And why I said, you know, that was such a good word. The resiliency is, you know what? All right. You'll open the doors. And if that's what we need to do right after we plant it again, we'll do it. But you can be a missionary domestically, you know? Yeah. That's what absolutely. we. That's what we forget.
2: We're all. In yeah. Daily lives need to be Yeah, absolutely. Work environment. Home environment. Yeah, and is-
4: taking the opportunity, like with the kid, you know, pray for him. Pray for him right there. Taking those little opportunities, little steps to get better, be healthier, and let him, let him heal. Don't rob him of that opportunity. <laughs> Man, we do that so much. We just nah, not right now. Maybe later.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that my wife approached me about is her, her work is going through some sort of training on the different vowels, I guess, the he's, she's, and hers, and they's, and she asked me, like, what am, I, what am I supposed to do when, you know, when they come against me, what am I supposed to say, am I just speak, not don't speak their truth, but speak what the Bible says. Whether it costs you, costs you your job, like whether it costs you your job or not, standing up for what the God says, whether you know, and one thing she has is you know trying to be the light, and it's tough and something in work. I mean, from Comcast to to her work to everything else, and um, it's hard to not make it's easy to make excuses for not doing something right.
5: Um. But I think I think along those lines. If you look at uh, Timothy two, at the, the last mm. verse, Second uh, Timothy two, it says the Lord's servants must not quarrel but must be kind to everybody. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will believe the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him and do whatever he wants.
3: With your wife
5: you just gotta be gentle and explain God's truth.
0: Yeah. It's like everything. It's their brother in- my brother-in-law and he's super political and yeah it's trying to it's hard to come up with answers <laughs> what am i supposed to do it's like uh i don't also, yeah, i don't know
2: matthew 5 9 it's like blessed are the peacemakers the yeah. should be mm. sons of God. Yeah. i mean even <laughs> either, like even like re- do you want what's more important in relationship or being right mm. you know what i mean and i yeah. i have a lot of like my wife's side is a different sphere that we operate in and, like i I can't tell any time my tongue is blood from just biting my tongue because I'd rather try to resolve that relationship than be right in my own mind you know my heart is right with my Lord yeah. for me to be able to speak out in love mm-hmm. and not argue those points and stuff like that and just be a peacemaker that, that to me is a it's a hard-earned lesson you know what I mean I'd rather salvage a relationship or even like with you dealing with your new guy you know Phil it's like like there's gotta be a fine line of correction and just silently praying for him, you know what I mean, and just, like, finding that, finding that, that meeting in the middle, you know what I mean, where he feels welcome, and you're not, you
3: know,
2: on him like that, but just being a peacemaker in all things that we do. Mm-hmm. And if that yeah. means, If that means bite your tongue, yeah. we are thinking about it for a few days before you say something to him, you calm down a little bit, and "Hey, when you said that, it kind of bothered me, but, like, I understand where you're coming from, but, you know, just being, able, being a peacemaker about it.
1: That's, yeah. a, that's a sense of maturity both sides of the conversation before you bring it up. yeah and that's just a sense just, of maturity yeah. it's just hard when people try and cram stuff like that down your throat like what you're saying with your wife you know just because they want to adopt those type of things I mean it's so hard when you don't come from a standpoint where you support that like spiritually and like you know morally so it is a tough spot you know? yeah. like,
4: I think something good is like Jeremiah 17.9 talks about how the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked and we can know it. The tongue is evil and wicked. You know, I mean, we need to check ourselves when we're getting into conversations of so often saying, well, I feel like my heart's telling me. If you read the Bible, if that's what is coming out of your mouth, first thing in your head, I mean, it is literally telling you, check what you are about to say. Be still in me, right? And let the spirit work and sometimes, especially with my wife, there's been way more times that he's told me to be quiet than speak. Way more. And this has been more recently in the past five years. But the relationship has never been healthier and I'm starting to see that with other people too. Yeah. One of the maids at a house I'm working at, you know. Well maybe next month, maybe when things get better I'll get there. I wanna to go to church and it's called seed planting. Yeah. We're not harvesting, we're not throwing the seed in, like making it grow, time to pull it out. It's just putting it in healthy soil, and I think that's by doing it with a gentle, humble heart. Yeah. and Most of that is like the best,
2: you know, that was the same somebody said, you know, preach always and sometimes use words, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, uh, but no words
4: of eloquence. Either.
2: Exactly, so, I mean, it's our daily action, guys, how we hold ourselves, how we present ourselves, how we speak to other people, how we handle certain tough situations on the job in front of your employees and stuff like that, like how you handle adverse conditions, like how you handle all that, mm. how you approach that with grace, and you're thinking of, you know, grace. Right Yeah. how you approach that with grace. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the biggest witness. It's not your words, it's not talking to these guys. It's how you present yourself because they are different. People notice that you're different. They're going to ask questions.
4: Yeah.
5: Grace. And and I think along those
2: lines, you know, there's a verse in
5: Romans that says, don't be a stumbling block to somebody
4: else. Romans 5, yeah. Talks about all over the place in there. And that's with a lot of stuff we do though, right? The way we eat in front of somebody, the way we we drink, smoke. All that stuff. and
5: Everything can be a stumbling block. Our words. Somebody else not to be
4: real close. Sure. Mm And so we need to be very aware.
5: Yeah.
7: That's a good word. I think, see, personally, uh, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I go to meetings. I'm over a year sober now. uh, Praise God, man. By filling yourself
4: up though, right? Yeah.
7: Well, by getting in the word. Yeah. Living in it. And that's, Oh, it's this last year has been a revival, but it's costed me the most. Uh, And uh, I really I I try to focus on after I've planted a seed, I can't just plant that seed and walk away from it and say, oh, I planted it. I'm just going to keep planting that seed. I can't end it planting a seed. Um, I was going through my notes because a while back here, I. uh, I was reading, or I was listening to a sermon, and they're saying, um, uh, basically, how arrogant do I think I am that um, Satan is attacking my fruiting season rather than my seeding season? He stops it. He he chokes it out early by the birds, by the roots, by the by the path. He starts it. He stops it early before it can develop into. Amen. Oh, I'll go to church, you know, and so it's. What's my question for the, the maid that you, you're planting those seeds with would be, hey, w- like, what could you do to make it? You know, is there anything that could make it easier? Could I come pick you and your family up? Sure. What's the next step for her to, to adding a little bit more water to that could, could just change her whole life, you know? And, and taking that next small step is the next right step sometimes. And you don't even think about things like that until... Uh, either they're brought to a table like this or um you're honest with yourself or someone else is honest with you and so that's become a real heavy thing for me um, it's just like like you were saying earlier being honest being meditative and, and being honest with yourself and about yourself where it's like god's calling you to do that but maybe he's silently calling you to do another step and i'm not i'm just using you as an example sure. but um, uh, and so, yeah, my, my current step I'm working on is giving up. Oh, this is, well, here it is. Uh, my mom has dementia. She's probably on her last year. Uh, we probably had her last Christmas already. Um, and so it's been really hard giving up. My mom, uh, I was angry for a long time. And this over this last year, I've just kind of let it go, and I said, God, you know, like I know you own her soul. I know it's yours. It's been your domain for years. There's no, there's no way she's not going to end it up in heaven with me. But now it's my turn to take the torch that she ran with for years and be, be the godly man that she always wanted me to. Um, and so. My my thing on the, the stumbling blocks is you have to be honest with the people around you. Oh, 100%. Um, and if they don't know that they're causing you to stumble, the the sin is on the person who's not expressing, not the person who is causing you to sin. You, you have to be perceptive, yes, but it, I, I look at it as, if I could do more, I should do more. Um,
4: yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great, but I think that's... you'll break it up in steps to the point where eventually you'll get to planting the seed and it's the same with the churches that's completely lacking 90% I mean is what the stats are saying and higher of preaching an expository full gospel the whole truth the good and the bad right and um, but giving application can I come pick you up is there a way I can get you over there is that the issue? So that it, it's all part of planting the seed when we eventually get to that is putting it together and this is how it is, consistency every time and full follow-through. It's not just scratch the surface and cool, I did my job for the day, checked the box, went to church, went to the men's group. This is what we're talking about. It's It's being in here every day. It's journaling every day. It's meditating every day. It's praying every day. It's spending time with Him every day. No excuses. There, there's literally no excuses. And I can say that from my own life because I've made them my whole life. There's no excuses. And as busy as we are in our season right now, guess what? We can still carve time out. It's, it's Absolutely crucial for that walk. It's crucial for salvation to have the lasting fruit that John fifteen talks about. Lasting fruit.
1: You have to do that.
4: And we have to encourage others to do that too. And be bold, like you're saying, speak truth. You're not reading your Bible, you need to. If you're not journaling, you need to. Here's why. This is what it did in my life. And that's what you're saying is you get to share that positive testimony this is why it's true this is why it works this is the good that comes from it it
7: might take a year to see that fruit sure but the, the daily discipline that has brought me to this point I wouldn't I, I'd do it twice to get to where I'm at mm. now let alone the only having to do it once and so I feel so blessed that I've made it this far only doing it once praise yeah. God man that's awesome not easy. But yeah, right, yeah that, that's
4: the best part is he told us ahead of time you will face trials and tribulations, right? Take heart, I've overcome the world. Like he's already been there done that way worse than anything we'll ever experience. Worse than anything we'll ever experience. And we're the sinners. So so what is what's what's blocking us from taking that next step and really diving into a deep relationship? And if if we don't know, then I'd encourage everybody to reach out and ask. And if that next guy doesn't know Go to maybe a little higher level or something, you know? Talk to the pastor. Talk to another man. Get together in a group. But all the answers are in there, and it is all very crystal clear. You don't need to go into other books. You need influence from other people necessarily. Hermeneutics will bring you from verse to verse to verse to verse in that Bible and give you a truth.
5: I think the other thing to remember is, like, like you said, you said you were an alcoholic it's not true really what you are is a child of God with an outcome a problem mm. I'm a child of God with a different
3: problem
5: you're a child of God with different problems so we're all children of God with different problems that we have to address and just, that's good Warren well, that's yeah. a good point to bring out
4: go through your Bible and find everything that he calls you to be make a list it's a it's an awesome list it really is and it's man it is so absolutely encouraging and loving to be filled up when you get to read that i would say start there make a list of what god calls you and read that every single morning when you get up start there and
6: yeah and we all struggle from these different sins that we've walked through in different parts of our life and The reason he has each one of us deal with a different sin and a different thing is so that we can have compassion for those other people that are also stuck in that world so that we can help deliver them from those issues and that's a good word so what
0: about you feel anything you want to add man
3: um well when you asked if i journal i said no i guess i do after i heard some people talking i mean I have a, a planner book, and at the end of the day, I write down everything that I did. Yeah. But the only thing i really leave out of it is scripture. Yeah. So I'll work on adding that in. Uh, yeah. So I guess I do journal to a certain extent. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool. So what are some things, like, I mean, for my life in particular or our lives overall... What are some things that can help us, I mean, be ready for, you know, help us crucify our flesh, help us keep our eyes on, the, on the, what we should be doing? What are some things that you guys do in your own lives right now that can help, I guess, keep our eyes on the, on the prize, so to speak?
1: Coming to stuff like this, trying to get plugged in, like, I don't know if it was one of you two, iron sharpens iron though, you know, yeah, Proverbs 27 17, yeah, and I mean, sometimes for me, the hardest, the last thing I want to do when I am struggling is to lean on God, I feel like I think your wife actually said it like, just try and do it do it on my own, like, this is what I have to you know, put my head down just dig in and it's like, you know, kind of go into this depression, it's like you need to lean on God and lean on your brothers and sisters around you and you know, I don't want to go on Wednesday nights, but every time I go, it feels good. I'm happy I do. And then trying to make sure I go on Sundays, which I haven't always. But uh, the more I get into church, the more I wish there was more more throughout the week, you know? Man, I wish there was something to go to do at church every day because like, you just crave it, you know? And I think one of the main things we can do is just seek Him you know take steps towards it and then it's just amazing what he does I don't know if I answered the question yeah good,
4: you're saying where church is right where two or more gathered yep right
1: yep I've heard that my mom's always said that. but that's
4: so true so you can go out and that's good for discipleship too right yeah. you go out and as soon as you start having that conversation right you're doing church Yep. There's corporate that church that we need, right? There's fellowship and worship and all that. But yeah, that's, that's great. Well, well. And I think along
5: those lines, if you do, if you read a good, uh, verse in the scripture, ask yourself why God wrote that. Mm. And why does that apply to me? Hmm. And you need to internalize the scripture.
4: I don't think there's any better way to write it on the tablet of your heart other than asking those questions. That's good. And and then
5: the thing is when when you are in uh, times of meant try to visualize okay, what would it be like if I was walking along the street and Someone came up and asked me this question. How how would I respond to
4: it? And if you've
5: been flying those ahead of time, then you kind of know, hopefully, how you respond. I've, I've done that, and then that same situation happened, and I really blew it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. There's no guarantee you I can like do right. I think
4: that's a stumbling block, though, too, right? You know, Phil, I'll use you, like the guy in your shop. Do you go and pray and ask God how to handle that properly or, like, what you can go back and do better or questions that he might come up with so you're prepared? Not necessarily scripted, but just so we're prepared, right? Like, we need to prepare for battle. It's the armor of God that we have to put on every day. There's a preparation to be had, and that's work, a habit, to be done ahead of time. Which doesn't seem fruitful then, but that's something, you know, asking those questions. Why'd you write this and how's that apply to me? The application today is just completely the lacking. Yeah, the
2: application's great, but I think to get that, how do you get that? How do you yeah. Do you do that? How do you get that? Well, to me, it's like, you got to build godly routines and discipline, right? We all go to work at a certain time. We all we all have expectations of our time. Why can't we do that with our, the word in the scripture? Like, how can we not build that into a routine? You've know? you got to be working at a certain time. I do this certain time, I do certain time. Like, why aren't we in the Word at a certain time? Why aren't we building that Godly routine into our lives, disciplining that Godly routine into our lives? I struggle with that big time. I'll get up. I'm, I'm get up early in the morning all the time. And you know, I have to build that routine. Like, okay, get up and do this, and then start the rest of my the day. And then like the, you know, then be reactive to the world for the rest of my day. But if I start with Scripture first, I'm better prepared to be reactive to the world all day. Once we start, once we step outside of our homes, we're reactive. We're reactive to the world. And so if we have a better armor put on that we're in the world for me uh, it is very important to start starting in the morning, get that word in the morning. So I
4: think that's great because he will believe. direct our paths, right? Yeah. But he can't it's do that time at, the the yeah, it's it's time time at the end of
2: the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're probably just praying for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're not praying for. Foresight, like you know, skills, you're you're apologizing. Yeah. Give me wisdom mm. as I
7: go into these dreams. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You
2: know, and, and then you know, just building those godly routines, and habits. I mean, habits are so hard to create, but once you create them, it's like you really miss them. You know, if you miss it, you know what I mean. It's just, That's
4: what I was trying to explain earlier. Yeah. That's where the hunger comes from. Is like, shoot, man, I, I forgot this and. Mm-hmm. You see the ramifications you truly do for not spending time with him, for not keeping those routines. Any reactions
2: from your words that come flying out of your mouth. Oh, oh yeah. What yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've definitely
0: seen, ever since I started studying at, at work during my lunchtime, like you're saying, I definitely see how I react to my wife, how I react to my daughter. Because it's really hard with a voice like mine. When I talk quiet, it stills. Yeah, a hundred. You know, so I've definitely seen a softer approach to everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely is showing a difference for sure. So yeah, I think one of the cool
6: things that has helped me over the last like five or six years is like before it was like the Bible was, you know, something that I picked up to go to church or to go to men's group Mm. or to go to something else. But what I realize is that I need to have the Bible with me all the time no matter what and one of the cool things is, is that uh, I was going through some of my great grandfather's stuff dude and he like lived out in Ritzville and owned a huge ranch and grain farm with horses like horse drawn tractors and all sorts of stuff to harvest and everything and that dude had a Bible that was in his pocket every day all the time and I'm like Oh, well, I work at a desk, dude, most of the time. Like, how could I not have my Bible with me and have it sitting there? And, like, you know, we all have different situations in our workplace, but having that there can just lend itself to then, like, when you don't know what to do, open it up. Just pop it open wherever he points you, maybe the right verse or the right thing that you need at that point in time. Um, And another thing, preparedness, man. Preparedness. Uh, is a big thing um, we don't know how much time we have we don't know who we're going to talk to we don't know how much time we have with that individual person or what that what that interaction is going to be like and we have to be pointing each person that we meet every single day to God and they should be able to see that on the outside of us instantly and yeah man I mean God's taken me to places where you know, every meal I have, when I go out to eat, like, feel kind of bad, because I'm like, oh man, yeah, I have this money, and I know other people probably don't have the luxury to go out, And but man, dude, I box up the end of my food and the end of my kids' foods, and I'll like, start driving out, and instantly, all the time, whenever I do that, and I got it in my car, Guess what happens? God puts a person in my path. I don't care if it's a homeless person or someone that's in need that, like, needs that food. And, like, every single time he delivers a person. And it may be for five seconds, maybe for five minutes. I'll, like, jump out of the car, like, stop them, pray with them, hand them the food, like, talk to them about God, see where they're at in their walk. And, like, it's all different times. It could be five seconds or 30 seconds or five minutes. You have no idea how long. And that could be the last time you ever see that dude again. So, yeah, I think having he that. You may see him again.
5: Yeah, you may see him again. You may get to see something. Yeah. Or so, you may see him
6: Exactly. 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 So, exactly. Yeah. And preparedness, we got to be like third, fourth string quarterbacks, man. We're not that first string quarterback. We're not out there doing all the work. We can't just be doing it on our own, but we got to be like. Geno Smith, or like some of these other guys that like step up in the clutch situation long and long. can deliver, right? Yeah. And like you still got to be pumping and like getting ready and s- be strong and not be able to give or we're any. The equipment uh, body exactly. and what they need.
0: Water, boy. water boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, boy. the water. I <laughs> I've been studying too, like this back to the Samaritan who my neighbor is. That's the biggest thing that's been to me is, like, like you're saying, it's, you that person that walks in front of you at the, at the door, not going, well, I got something else to do. I got to go to my color or my wife's waiting for me or whatever. Like, being willing to be used in that situation, so. Yeah. Cool. Anybody else anything else? It's good. I challenge you guys in your
4: uh, prayers to, uh,